Now then, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to or watching, as the case may be, Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today we're talking, going to talk about, uh, really, it's, it's pursuing holiness. Listen, w- once I become a Christian, what is God's will for me to do? And, well, we're just going to look at the text. It's in, it's in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3. It's a, one of my favorite passages because it offers me a lot of encouragement, and I hope it offers you some encouragement as well. The sword and the pearl, or the sword and pearl, hello there. Uh, good to see you. Reginald Perry, good morning to you. Uh, sakes alive, we've already got a good crowd in. We're so thankful for all of you that show up and engage in the podcast, and really, you're helping us grow. And even if you don't support us monetarily, when you show up and you interact with the content, you make comments and ask questions on the live stream. It really makes a better program. And the live stream is where is where you really grow an audience. I mean, I suppose I could focus on just putting out explainer videos and teaching videos on YouTube, and they would do pretty good. But I really feel like the live streams is where it's at to really engage with an audience. So thank you very much for that. Uh, John Exum, good to see you, man. All right, let me uh, let me figure out which captions we want to put up here. Uh, let's do the Twitter caption. Don't forget about Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter. First uh, Chronicles one two three two. Um, listen, we're focused on growing on our Substack and our YouTube, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Rumble, uh, Facebook, even to a not not to such an extent, is more or less an afterthought. Um and and, and the reason being is we're we're a two man crew. Uh we can't afford to split our time up between all these different platforms. So we really focus on one. Let's say we focus on st- Substack, uh sixty percent, we focus on YouTube, uh thirty five percent, and the rest of the five percent is allocated for the other platforms. If we had more people, uh, if we had more bodies, then then we would focus more on other platforms. In fact, if if there were somebody that was really good at social media and knew how to grow on Instagram, I would really love to be able to uh, put you to work and and get you to help us grow on Instagram. I will tell you what I've done. I. Because of your support, because of your monetary support through Patreon and Substack, I was able to get this uh, program, but that's not really the right way to put it. I subscribed to this service, this program service for one year where I can, like, for instance, after this video is done, I can copy and paste the link into this uh, website. And the the AI algorithm will take and give me 10 short-form videos that I can put on TikTok. And incidentally, I do put videos on TikTok. I haven't even mentioned that. But uh, TikTok or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and they're used for Facebook or or for 
for, for YouTube shorts. And, uh, the last video that I did this with was a segment from the, uh, episode where we had Eric Lyons on a 35 second clip. Uh, I, I converted that into a, a YouTube short and it got, you know, like 600 views, close to 600 views. I did it with one video two or three weeks back whenever I was just testing the water. And it was a, a, a short video from my, one of my episodes of cogitations and it hit 2,400 views by the time it was done. So, um, <clears throat> at least two or three times during the week, uh, I'm going to use that program that you all purchased with your support. The, the support we purchased with the support that you all give us. And, um, we're going to, we're going to see if we can't grow the channel some in that way. So thank you for that. Uh, Terry Crooks, good morning. And the sword and pearl, the live streams are awesome. I really appreciate that. And it, it humbles me greatly. Uh, the sword and pearl, you're kind of a, an amalgam in my mind, an aggregate in my head, if you will, of all the people. In other words, you represent all the people that are listening across the ocean. It blows my mind to think that I can sit down in New Brunswick, Moncton, in Camp Moncton, New Brunswick, in Canada, read the Bible and offer words of encouragement, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, and with no magicalness whatsoever, just by the power of technology that that is non miraculous, my word can go all the way around the world, or the word of God can go all the way around the world using my voice. Maybe I need to think of a, a less clunky way or awkward way of saying that, but it just blows my mind. Really. It's amazing. Anyhow, absolutely. Hey, hey, Alabama. I like them as well. I, I really feel like if you're going to, if you're going to grow a platform, the live streaming is where it's at. It's slow to start, but that's okay. Um, now let's get in. No, let's not. Let's, let's hear a word from our sponsor. You know, we do it. We do it every time. Captions. Hello, Jareen O'Brien. Good to see you. Jareen is a, a local gal. Uh, what am I doing here? What am I doing? Yeah, here we go. Lindsay. Lindsay Dotson. Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail.com. Uh, uh oh. There. <coughs> well, excuse me. Okay. Here's the ad read. Um, uh, that's right. That's the way. Uh-huh. Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event or any institution for that matter? Look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more, for more details. Sending her an email is the preferred method. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate both far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. And Lindsay does a fine job. And I do have a commercial that we, we air sometimes. And uh, it, it's, it's got, it showcases some of her stuff. And she's, she's really, she does, she does a good job. Um, all right, let me go back to the captions. And I will put, yeah, we'll do that. Join us on X. Incidentally, we stream this program on Twitter. 
which I didn't think he could do that until we figured out how to do it. Uh, hello, Connie Barden. Good morning to you. Connie, I saw where you posted on uh, on the video that I shared about um, about butter. There, there's a there's a video that I shared on my personal Facebook page about the prices of groceries up here in Canada, and it got me to wondering what people back home, quote unquote, back home in the states. This is home now, really. Um, but what people back in the states are paying for different commodities and um i got different different differing answers some people are paying about as much as we are up here with butter uh but what really surprised me is the difference in the price of chicken chicken leg quarters up here can be as high as six dollars a pound that's chicken leg quarters that's a that's a that's a fine leg six dollars a pound I thought back home, well, there's, you know, people back home are paying a price about that because inflation, it's that and the other folks, the people back home there. I talked to several people back home that says, oh yeah, we can still get chicken leg quarters for around 50 cents a pound. If you, if you buy them, right. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Um, maybe, maybe this economy is straightened out. I, I think, I think it will. Um, well, I have to hold out hope that it will. I mean, if it keeps going like it's going, you know, well, I mean, we can't pay $100 for a chicken leg quarter. Um, and we live in the city. I, 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 we, can't have, um, we can't have chickens or anything, but I would love to have, you know, a, a, a small flock of, of, of hens and uh, raise some chickens. I know you can't raise chickens with just hens, but you get them for the eggs and you can, uh, you can order meat birds and stuff. and They'll grow up pretty quick. In about six weeks, you'll have uh, really good-sized meat birds. Anyway, uh, Reginald Perry says it, it's about the same price here in Washington, D.C. and in Maryland, depending on where you go. Um, yeah, so what I've noticed, and, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not getting political, but I'm going to get political. Um, in the United States, there's blue states and there's red states, and somebody opined that there's not really any blue states. It's just blue cities. Like, for instance, California is not a blue state. There are three large cities, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and I forget the other city, and they all vote blue. And they're setting the, they're setting the tone for the rest of the state, but if you took those cities out, then California would be red. Anyway, the states that, that predominantly vote blue that are democratically that, that are run by Democrats, they predominantly have the worst economies and the highest crime rate, which a high crime rate drives up the prices. Did you know that? It's kind of weird. Good morning, David Stafford. I haven't seen prices like that for leg quarters in Alabama or Georgia. Georgia is mostly red, but Atlanta is so large, which is blue. Yes. Incidentally, uh, it, it, Georgia is a good um, converse to what I just said. Uh, Atlanta is probably run by uh, the Democrats, but Georgia is a, is a red state or maybe a purple state by now. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about politics. Prices of stuff is up. Let's If Christians voted their values in, in the United States and in Canada, the prices would come down. That's all I'm saying. 
All right. Um, if you guys move to South Africa, you'll live like kings. Um, just that our electricity infrastructure is doomed. You know, at the Riverview Church of Christ, uh, Sword and Pearl, we have several families from the continent of Africa. We don't have anybody from South Africa, but we have uh, two families from Nigeria and one family, uh, well, really two families from not from from Cameroon. And yeah, they they talk about that a lot. And I ain't gonna lie to you. There is, and I've always thought this, like seeing how the Amish in the United States live. I'm not saying that I want to be a re- the religiously be an Amish, but I think there's some some wisdom and there is a draw in living like that. And hey, listen, so what if we have this electricity infrastructure that's doomed? Um, it don't take any electricity to start a fire. It doesn't take any electricity to light an oil lamp and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember the poundage, but I paid $5 for three chicken leg thigh quarters. So that is the reason I'm familiar with this, Connie, is because uh, when I was in the States, I was feeding Maslow what's known as a biologically appropriate raw food diet. Uh, The acronym is BARF. Anyway. So I'm feeding Maslow the barf diet and his main source of protein was leg quarters. And I could buy a 10 pound bag of leg quarters for 50 cents at Bill's wholesale or, or whatever it is in, in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Wait, what did I say? 50 cents a pound. I said 50 cents. I can't buy 10 pounds for 50 cents. 50 cents a pound is five, four ninety nine for a 10 pound bag. The same 10-pound bag or a 10-pound bag at Walmart was $6.97, okay? So that's 7 bucks. Now, what's the difference? Well, they were really good quality leg quarters that were bigger. So if you've got really good quality leg quarters that are good size from, from, from good stock, and you're you're not paying bulk like you're not getting a bulk discount or anything. Uh, Five dollars for three of them is is especially in this market. It's not that bad. Don't get me wrong; it ain't good, but it's not that bad. Uh, hey, hey, Alabama! The Amish and the Mennonites live well. They support each other in the community, from what I understand. Absolutely. Now you got to be careful. I've, I've I I know personally uh, a lot of Amish folks and. Uh, it looks really, really good on the outside, but when you get some of the inner workings and stuff, it's it can be pretty oppressive. I mean, it's just like everything. Uh, grass is always greener on the other side till you start rooting around in the pasture. Anyway, I got my late Christmas presents this past week. I have a cowhide LSB reference Bible and a goatskin LSB two-column verse-by-verse. Well, that's pretty good, John. Um. I tell you what, speaking of Bibles, um, we're, we're waiting on our Bibles to come in from Apologetics Press. We ordered 50 for the congregation, eight more for members of the congregation personally, and we ordered one of the big boy reference Bibles for a new convert. Anyway, um, so I'm excited about that. Folks, let's talk about pursuing holiness. Wait a second. Not pursue. Well, I mean, pursuing holiness is good. Let me let me let me pull my thumbnail back up here. 
so I can remember what I titled the show. Ain't that terrible? A call to holiness, vessels of honor, uh, vessels of dishonor, or vessels of dishonor to vessels of honor. All right. So we want to, we want to, we want to be, we don't want to be vessels of dishonor. We want to be vessels of honor. Let me read the text and then uh, we'll, we'll share some thoughts and I'll get some of y'all's thoughts and, and all that good stuff. Verse 20, beginning of 2 Timothy 3. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Folks, um, sanctification is a synonym of holiness. Yes. Um, absolutely. And Ooh, Terry Crooks, I think these banks are driving up all the prices. Have you ever seen these bankers' bonuses? It's huge. Well, that's just a conspiracy theory. I can't believe that you would endeavor to impugn these large corporate, federally subsidized banks there, uh, Terry Crooks. Uh, they, these people are pure and, and, and have... And ha lead lives pure as the driven snow. They 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 are above reproach, and I I'm quite offended that you would even make a comment like that on this live stream. I'm sorry, I couldn't get through it all. Woo, yeah, all right, Terry, I agree with you. <laughs> um, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which none will see the Lord. Yeah, sanctification is, is sanctification and holiness. They're, they're, they're synonymous. They, in other words, they have some overlap. Um, but yes, you're correct. They're, they, they're, they're close enough to synonyms that we'll be fine. Uh, Reginald Perry, it's second Timothy chapter three, 20 through 21. Second Timothy chapter three, 20 through 21. Now here's the main lesson that I want you to take away from the podcast today. How many times have you ever felt worthless? How many times have you ever felt like, well, there's no way that God could ever want me. There's no way that I can be good enough to serve in the Lord's church. And when I say serve, I mean, if you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. You can serve in the Lord's church. If you're a woman, you can't get up there in the pulpit and preach and teach and all that good stuff. But there are so many things you can do, men and women. There, there's so many things you can do that's not getting up in the pulpit and preaching and teaching. In fact, I would say that the majority of the people in the congregations don't need to be in the pulpit preaching and teaching, not because of any shortcomings on their part, but there's a principle in Scripture where James says, listen, be ye not many masters, knowing this, that we'll receive the greater condemnation. I believe that's James chapter 3, verse 1. So the principle is there. I mean, it's great that, that congregations want to train uh, men to, to step up in the roles of, of teachers and preachers and stuff like that. But I think the onus is on the leadership to recognize, hey, this fellow would be much better served instead of trying to put a square peg in a round hole or vice versa. This person would be much better served if he fulfilled this role that was uh, more in the background. In fact, I had an uncle um, who was the lifeblood and backbone of the little country church where I attended whenever I was growing up. 
And he never once, uh, he, he would lead a closing prayer from his seat. And he would stand up in, in, in his seat and lead it, but he would not come up front. He's, and and I'm, I'm, he's passed on to his reward, but he, he said that he just couldn't do it. And, and he, was, he would help us young people lead singing. He would teach us songs and stuff like that. But if we didn't know a song, we'd get up in the pulpit and he would start it from his seat and then kind of pass it on to us. Well, that's amazing. And of course, remember, I'm a man, so I teach from a male's perspective. A woman could do that as well. In fact, I'm trying to think. Yes, I believe I remember a couple of times that um, there was a woman in that same congregation that knew a couple of songs we didn't. And because she couldn't get up there and teach us that either her son or me or another guy would get up and uh, she would hum or sing a few of the words, then he would mimic her and the congregation would start and then she would sing. And you see how that works. Now, maybe somebody would write me off as a heretic because, well, that's still a woman leading. I, it, it, I don't believe it is. You know, I, I believe that's a woman just using what God's blessed her with and, and edifying the congregation. She's not standing up. She's not usurping God's authority. She's not leading in any way whatsoever. I don't know, just something to think about. Um, wasn't it, be ye holy for I am holy, but now it says be perfect. Uh, sword and pearl, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um. Yeah, First Peter um, 1, 15 and 16, uh, you shall be holy because I am holy. Uh, that goes all the way back to um, Leviticus, and I'd have to get out my trusty, rusty e-sword to find that exact passage in Leviticus. But I've, I've always read that and, and remembered it to say, be holy for I am holy. In other words, that, that's the reason why they had all those dietary restrictions is because they were supposed to be separate from the heathen in whose land they dwelt. Leviticus 11.44. Thank you, David James Stafford. So, my point is this. Thank you, John Exum. Uh, the, the first takeaway, the main takeaway that I want us to take from this passage of Scripture, and this is going to sound like some New Age hippie tree-hugging stuff, but I don't care. You, yes, you, I'm talking to you, you're enough. If you have obeyed the gospel and, and God has delivered you out of the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of God's dear son, you have been sanctified and you are to pursue holiness. Now, you, there is a sense in which you are already holy because you've just been separated. Okay, you've been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Incidentally, it's Colossians 1.13. So there's a sense in which you're already holy. Holy just means set apart. Well, set apart unto what? As a Christian, I'm set apart. Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Ephesians. I love this. This, this, is, this is a, I don't know how to call it. Um, 
The God, eh, forget it. I'll come up with something cute later. All right. Ephesians 2, let's start in verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. Whenever you are delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, according to Romans chapter 6, you are a new creature. You have been reformed, recreated, okay? You're brand new. You're no longer a vessel unto dishonor. You're a vessel unto honor. You're no longer wood, hay, stubble. You're gold, silver, precious stones. I'm borrowing that from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But you're no longer a chamber pot. You are fine china. Got it? You are enough. Now, you've been sanctified and you're holy. And what is your purpose? That you should walk in these good works that God has foreordained. God would not have created you unto good works unless you were able to do the works that are good, which pleases God. In that way, we have a call to pursue holiness. Okay? I understand that, that there's a very real sense in which whenever you're delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, that you're holy. But then we are to pursue that for the rest of our lives. First Thessalonians six or four, seven and eight. For God called us not for uncleanliness, but in sanctification. Therefore he that rejecteth rejecteth not man, but God who giveth his Holy Spirit unto you. That's it. That's it. And of course, um John has the first Peter one sixteen, be holy for I am holy. Yeah, that that's the reason I've never read it as perfection. See, here's the thing perfection. Um, oh, let me, let me get this. Uh, let's go to Matthew. I actually had a, a, a fellow Christian. He was a brand new Christian and he's, he's struggling at the moment, but he was worried about this. He said, I don't understand. I'm, I'm commanded to be perfect and I can't be perfect. Um, where is, hold on a second. I'm trying to do this on the fly. Now my brain isn't working. We're to love our enemies. If we if we love our enemies and we don't just love those that love us back, then we can be perfect as our father is perfect. Well, let me I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cheat to find this. I'm having trouble calling it from memory. But I think maybe it's Matthew seven. Nope, it's not Matthew seven. I th I thought it I thought it was at the end of Matthew five. Yep, I think it's the end of Matthew five. No, no, it is okay. Listen, Matthew five, starting in verse forty three. I should have listened to me in the first place. 
Um, oh, well, John had it already. Good deal. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, so did David. David Stafford have it. Matthew 5, 43. That's it. All right. You have heard that it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute the brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not they even do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father which in is in heaven is perfect. Sword and pearl, that may be what you the, the verse you're thinking of. Now let me go to my trusty rusty east sword. Well, I'm already in it, but let me go and look this word perfect up. G fifty forty six. G fifty forty six. Both of these words are not perfect as in I'm the perfect husband. There's nothing more in the realm of being a husband upon which I need to improve. You get it? I'm perfect. No. Telios. That's the word. All right? Telios. It, it means um, wanting nothing necessary to completeness. Um, Consummate human integrity and virtue, uh, full-grown adult, full-age, mature. So we can, if we love our enemies and do good to those that hate us and despitefully use us, then we can achieve the state of being known as perfection when it comes to being fully self-actualized. Our Father in heaven is a fully self-actualized being. We, too, can be fully self-actualized. And one of the ways we do that is that we are perfect even as, Je as our Father in heaven, excuse me, is perfect. I said Jesus. I don't know why. Well, I think about Jesus a lot. Anyway, um, yeah, perfect is brought to completion, fully accomplished, fully developed. So whenever you're a little bitty baby Christian, somebody says something bad to you, you might be tempted to react in a bad way. And the world is going to be like, duh, of course you've got to do that. But if somebody does something wrong to us and we treat them with love and kindness, not nicety, there's a difference. You can have healthy boundaries and not put up with a bunch of shenanigans and still be loving and kind to those that would hurt you and hate you and hate you and despitefully use you. Okay. But that's not the podcast episode anyway. Uh, but the point is, hello, Sue Ross. Good to see you. And, uh, but anyway, that's, that's the idea. Now, why was I saying that? Oh yeah. That this one young man who would, who recently had obeyed the gospel. He was like, what in the world do I do? I can't be perfect. Well, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not what this verse is talking about. Um, anyway, whenever we take on the attributes of God, and I tell you what, it might behoove us to go to 2 Peter. And whenever we're talking about going from a chamber pot to the fine china, 
Well, one of the ways you go from a chamber pot to a fine china, loving your enemies. We take on the attributes of God. Well, how do we take on the attributes of God? I'm glad you asked. I'm feeling feeling rather clever today. All right. Verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 1. And besides all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For the, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. You understand the, the converse to not growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and the Christian virtues is you, you, you're unsure of your calling and election? For if you do these things, you shall never fall. And the implication is, if you don't do these things, you will fall. All right, now check on this. Well, what, what, have I, what, am, I, what am I lost here? Um, oh, Tony, this, I'm telling you, man, my brain is not as elastic as it once was. Let me see if I can do divine nature. Yeah, it's verse 4, dummy. All right. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through flesh. Whenever we're baptized into Christ, we're raised again to walk in newness of life, according to Romans 6. We've been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We become a servant of righteousness as opposed to a servant of sin. Romans 6, 17 and 18, we are holy. We're sanctified. We're set apart. We have a purpose. What is our purpose? We are to give diligence to the faith that we have, the action we take based on what we believe, and we add unto our faith these virtues. And we pursue these virtues. We make our calling and election sure. But it's through the pursuance of these virtues that we partake of the divine nature. It's through the pursuance of these virtues that we we can change a chamber pot into the fine china. And we can do it. We are, Ephesians 2, 8 and following, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We can do it. We can do it by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is transformative in nature. We can do it. I, I don't know. I wish I had some points, one, two, three, four, five, and six, where I could support that proposition. But I think the support of my proposition is from Genesis to Revelation. You can do it. In fact, here's a good one. Now, it just popped into my mind. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. This is a good one. We, we're very well familiar with Hebrews chapter 11 and, 11 and Faith Hall of Fame. I love this passage of Scripture. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen which were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So Abel and Enoch pleased God. How? By their faith, the action they took based on what they believed. Without faith, it is impossible to is impossible to uh, please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And then look at all these by faith, by faith, by faith. Well, that lets me know that every one of these people in faith's hall of fame believed that God is, in other words, existed. There's no atheist in faith's hall of fame. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Do you believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? If you do, then you have more than likely obeyed the gospel. If you do and you have not obeyed the gospel, shut this computer off right now and go find somebody to baptize you into Christ for the remission of your sins so that you can be raised again to walk in newness of life. Um, my little children, let no man lead you astray. He that doeth, that does and keep on doing righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And I love that verse because it has what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to be, and the standard. All right? So what I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do right things. How I'm supposed to be, the state of being is righteous. And I get there by doing right things. And the standard of righteousness, I'm not clothed in somebody else's righteousness. I have my own righteousness, just like Jesus had his own had, had, had his own righteousness. Some have misinformed or misguided view on holiness and sanctification. It is ongoing and not saved, then sanctified later. And John, I would even I would even craft that comment a little differently. Some have a misinformed or misguided view on holiness or sanctification. We are sanctified and made holy. And then we work towards that perfect mark of holiness, which is God the Father, for our entire walk. It's a journey, but it's a journey that's in the state of being described as sanctification or holiness. Yeah, I knew, I knew that's what you meant. Um, sometimes people don't have a healthy view or understanding of sin and think like a lot of denominational preaching that we sin just breathing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I was profoundly affected by something one of my teachers said in the Memphis School of Preaching. Uh, he talked about a, sin, a, a sermon that he preached years ago, so it's really a long time ago from that perspective, how Christians need to get out of the sin business. And I'm like, wow, that's really... <laughs> when I grew up, it was my fault. I do not believe this is what I was taught. 
I believe this is what I concluded from what I was taught, and I was wrong. I used to impugn and indict my mentors and teachers from my youth by saying, well, I was always taught. No, I don't believe I was taught this. I believe I just come up with this all on my loans. You cannot keep from sinning. And if you wake up in the morning and you go from home to work, you're going to sin. And you better pray for forgiveness because if you die without praying for forgiveness, you're going to go to hell. All right? I don't think that's how the blood of Jesus Christ works. Well, I don't think. I know that's not how the blood of Jesus Christ works. I am walking in the light as he is in the light, so I have a constant cleansing. If I am in Christ and I'm doing the right thing and I'm trying and I am walking by faith and I make a mistake, I'm still covered by the blood. All right? Why did I go down that road? Oh, yeah. The, the, we sin by just breathing. Um, Romans chapter 6 is the benchmark, the formula for teaching us how to live a life of sanctification and holiness. If you lend your members to unrighteousness, you will be unrighteous. So we need to lend our members to righteousness. Idle hands are the devil's tools. If you are an alcoholic and you want to kick that habit, you can't just stop drinking. You've got to stop drinking and start doing something else. If you are a chamber pot and you want to change into the fine china, you have got to stop letting people poop in you. Sin is absolutely deceitful. And Connie Barden talks about the blood of Jesus Christ working the way I said. She said, no, it isn't. And I'm sure we don't sin every day, as some say. She, that was the most awkward phrase. I, not you, Connie, me. I said the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't work that way. Connie is agreeing by, say, by saying, you're correct. No, it doesn't. And she's adding, I'm sure we don't sin every day, as some people say. And you know what? I cannot tell you how many times I've had Christians tell me, Tony, I'm just not comfortable with that. Well, what do you mean? Look, I can. <laughs> it's been three or four days, maybe five. I'd have to think. Like it's been a, it's been a, it's been a minute since I've committed a sin. Why is that so hard to believe? If you really think about your life and you think about how sin is transgression of the law, what law have you broken? Something to think about. Colossians 3, you must put off, but you also must put on. Exactly. If you're going to change from a chamber pot to the fine china, you probably need to quit living under somebody's bed. This reminds me of what my husband, a school administrator with good teaching background, you can't just tell a child to stop doing a bad behavior. You have to give them a good replacement behavior. And let me tell you something, that, that's amazing. And that's what he used to say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. It's true. 
So Romans 6, you, you lend your members as instruments of righteousness. Little children, don't let anybody deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Yeah, but like how righteous is he? Well, you remember Jesus? How righteous was he? Because if we do, if we do and keep on doing righteousness, then we are righteous just like Jesus was righteous. Boy, talking about changing from a chamber pot to a fine china. All right. All right, let me see. Oh, yeah. So we have Faith Hall of Fame. By faith, dot, dot, dot. So by the actions they took based on what, what they believed, here's what they did and here's what they achieved, you can do that too. And if, and if all the people in Faith Hall of Fame who changed from a chamber pot to the fine china, if that's not enough for you, well, check this out. Wherefore, seeing we also were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Because they did it, you can do it. But if that's not enough, then look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down to the right hand of the majesty of God. For consider him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. It's a race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Think about if, if, if this great cloud of witnesses like Abraham, Abel, um, Enoch, and the other people listed, if that's not enough for you, look to Jesus and understand that they were able to see it through. And if you don't look to those people who have gone before you and understand if they did it, I can do it, then it's going to be overwhelming and you're going to faint before the finish line. In other words, you're going to, God changes you from the chamber pot to the fine china. But if that's, if, it, if you, if, if all you ever do is just be fine china and never do anything else, then you're going, in other words, if you don't make your calling and election sure, if you don't add to your faith, virtue, and so on, then you're going to be a piece of fine china that somebody's using as a chamber pot. But God be thanked if you ever are that piece of fine china that somebody uses a chamber pot and they fill you up with the excrement of sin. Well, the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and wash you off. Little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sin, but not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If you have obeyed the gospel, you are now a piece of fine china. Don't let the devil poop in you. But if you do, just repent and go back under the flow of the blood and you'll be cleansed and then you'll be fine china again. Folks, I think that's it. I really do. And look, it it's so interesting that the longer that I do this, 
the more that I'm a gospel preacher, the more that I'm putting out content on, on, I mean, listen, for the last like four or five years, I've been doing this every single day. It's crazy. And I can see in the beginning, oh, I wanted to get out there. I wanted to get, you know, hey, look, you know, it's a sin if you do X, Y, Z and you better stop. It's a sin to do this. It's a sin to, look, people understand how wrong wrong is and people understand what wrong is. Now, that doesn't mean that as a gospel preacher, you should never preach on sin. In fact, the devil is absolutely fine with you preaching on sin and preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. He just don't want you to preach too specifically. In other words, you can you can be so uplifting and uh, encouraging that you put a people you put a smile on people's face as they march down the broad way to hell. Don't do that. But how how good of a service as a gospel preacher or as a brother and sister in Christ do you think you provide to your fellow members of the of the kingdom if you take the attitude of the preacher in the beginning of Ecclesiastes? Oh, everything's vanity. What in the world are you even trying for? We just we just a bunch of old worthless wretched sinners can't get right. We're just old. The Lord looks at us. And every sin we commit, it's like being covered in excrement. And the blood of Jesus Christ covers that up where God can't see it. No, the blood of Jesus Christ washes it off. Think about that. In the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats covered it up. But the blood of Jesus Christ washes it off. You got me? Dan Winkler, I don't know if he come up with this or he stole it from somebody, but I'm stealing it from him. We have been made just as if we had never sinned. Justified. You're no longer a chamber pot. Quit letting Satan poop in you. You're a fine china. Offer that wonderful, tasty meal to God. Be of service in the kingdom. And if you have a hard time running that race, look to people who have gone on before you who have run it. If they did it, you can. I'm still running the race. And I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. But you can probably do it better than me. I don't run particularly well, I don't think. I, I think I've got a lot of shortcomings that I work on and I try to be better. But I know that I'm fine china. I'm not a chamber pot. Even if I do slip, trip, and fall, I'm never coming out of the blood of my Savior. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Christianity Now. Did you know that we put these archives, archive these episodes on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio? Um, I'm going to put this overlay up so I can point to all of the, all of the, uh, places you can see us i need to rework this overlay so i don't have oops quit that come back all right so i don't have this christianity now logo over the um over the chat but anyway that's right connie we walk in the light as he is in the light oh ephesians 5 because you once were darkness 
But now are you light? Walk, therefore, as children of light, folks. He didn't say you were in darkness and now you're in light. He said you were once darkness, now you're light. So act like it. Love it. I absolutely love it. Anyway, um, remember, follow us on Twitter or X, First Chronicles 1232. But remember, the Substack. And I'm thankful to uh, the Sword and Pearl who let me know that in the show notes, I had misspelled my own PayPal, www.nearchurches.gmail.com. You can send us a monetary donation there. And uh, you can also, if you want to support us monetarily, uh, get a $5 a month subscription at Substack or do the, the I think it's $50 a year. That's U.S. dollars, by the way. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the way to help us out monetarily. You can do Patreon as well for as little as a dollar a month. But really and truly, Substack, or just send us some money at near churches. I will tell you, um, I just I just did that one year subscription to that one place. I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's to help us with the short videos. And then um, today, Aaron is receiving uh, three pieces of studio equipment that I had here that he needed there. And I mean that costs like forty dollars to send. We all, I mean that's. Part of the Substack money, what went for that? So thank you so much. Um, and remember, supporting the podcast is supporting me and Aaron personally. That we are not, we are not overseen by a congregation. This is not the work of any church. Um, if in fact, I mean, if you want to support the church, you can holler at me, and I'll I'll give you a way to do that. But this is supporting us anyway, folks. That's all I've got here. I really appreciate every one of you. Remember, uh, YouTube, like, subscribe, and share. Rumble, Instagram, Facebook, Substack, all of those. This has been Tony Brew with Cogitations. Y'all have been such a wonderful audience, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>